Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. We are recording this at 2.40 Eastern Time on Thursday afternoon. You will be waking up to it on Friday morning. Here's what you need to know. We had one more, the eighth actually, straight week of massive unemployment claims. 2.981 million Americans filed for unemployment insurance benefits. That brings the total to 36.5 million Americans filing. That is just still, it's staggering. Continuing claims, that means the number of people currently receiving unemployment, 22.8 million. So we are not done with this yet. In fact, while we're tapering off from the peak back in late March, early April, these numbers are still so high. It's, it's really astounding. And so this comes the day after Chairman Jerome Powell of the Federal Reserve basically said, hey, Congress, administration, get it together, act, move, do something. Because what he noted and something that really kind of is astounding to me is that if you look at everyone who is working in February who earned less than 40 grand a year, if you look at all those people, 40% of them lost a job in March. So this is going to be severe and these people are going to need help. Meanwhile, new research from the National Bureau of Economic Research finds that 42% of recent layoffs are likely to be permanent layoffs. That is awful. It's just awful. So there you have it. If you have a job and it stinks, I know it stinks, but you have a job. And if you have a, a job and it's great, don't do anything except feel gratitude. That's what I feel. Gratitude every day for what I have, not for what I don't have. If you need financial help, if you need to navigate these really crazy times, don't hesitate. Give us a holler. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. Let's get started. Bill writes uh, the subject, U.S. debt and bankruptcy. Bill says, the federal debt seems unmanageable and will probably not be paid in mine or my grandchildren's lifetimes. Should our federal government file for bankruptcy? Should I redeem my U.S. savings bonds ASAP? Thank you. I like your style and listen to you on WBEN in Buffalo, New York. Okay. I'm smiling as I read that because we can't file bankruptcy. You know, we, we don't do that here. But what we could do is essentially default on our debt, which would be terrible. And we're not going to do that. So what are the options for the United States? How do we get out of the debt hole? First of all, we're always going to carry some debt. We're not going to be debt free. This is not like a household that can just say, oh, I'm done with my credit card debt. It wouldn't be smart, actually. But what could happen and what I think is likely to happen is that taxes are going to go up in the future. And so hopefully the debt will narrow as the economy improves after this recession concludes. But in the near term, not much is going to happen. You know, you heard Jerome Powell basically say, don't worry about the debt and don't worry about the deficit. You know, and I'll read you the quote, additional fiscal support could be costly, but worth it if it helps avoid long-term economic damage and leaves us with a stronger recovery. Don't worry about your savings bonds, except do worry 
if they're not paying interest anymore. If they're no longer paying interest, then go ahead and redeem them. If you're in a lower tax bracket right now than you might be in the future, go ahead and redeem them. Um, I think that those savings bonds, they may be earning a higher interest rate than you could get in the market right now. So maybe you keep them. Don't forget all the interest that you have earned on a savings bond. When you sell it, you recapture that interest. So what does that mean? If you bought it for 10 and you redeem it for 100, the $90 is taxable interest to you. Got it? Good. Okay. Donna writes, love the show, especially when you answer listener questions. Here we go, Donna. Here's your question. So get ready. My daughter has just graduated college. Yay. And will be starting her job in August. They have contacted her and we have no reason to believe she won't be starting this job. She has earned income from 2019. And as a graduation gift, we would like to help her establish a Roth, but she's got no earned income yet for 2020 and is not an employee yet. Can she set up a Roth for last year with her previous employer, even though she already filed her 2019 returns? Does the extension to July 15th apply to setting up Roth IRAs? So yeah, you know, if she's already filed her 2019 return, let's say she was doing a an IRA where she was taking a deduction, a traditional, she could have still claimed that that she was going to do it and not do it until she actually got to July 15th. But anyway, yes, she can set up a Roth based on her 2019 taxes, and that's fine. And no, she shouldn't just wait to start her job. It's just a wonderful thing to do. So I'd go ahead, set it up, and then hopefully that you'll be able to make a contribution this year is presuming she is employed, which it already sounds like she is. So that's good. Okay. Nabil writes it. Uh, I have an LLC with a partner and I'm trying to get into the PPP program, part of the CARES Act. I'm having a hard time getting information on how to apply. There are only two of us working and I'm told that we are self-employed and therefore can't get the PPP, but we work for a company. Aren't we eligible? It's very confusing. Help. Go to the sba.gov website. Yes, you are entitled to apply for this. Absolutely, you should be able to do it. The first round may have been tough, but I think that you should be able to get this and you are entitled to it. Chris writes that six months ago, I took out a car loan through the bank and not the dealer. 60 months, 3.79% interest, monthly payment, 255 bucks a month. With reports of interest rates being low, I'm wondering, is it possible that I'm able to refinance that car loan from the bank. I have no debt and my credit score is in the 800s. I mean, I think you probably could, but I bet the rate's not much better. That sounds like a darn good rate. You can just check with them. Why not just ask and see if they'll lower the rate? If you go through the actual refinancing of it, I worried that you might actually get a bunch of costs that you don't want to absorb. Becky writes, Thanks for your great show. My husband and I have a little extra money given to us by my parents, about $10,000. We've got most areas of our financial life taken care of. We're 47. We've got 10 years left on our house, two and a half percent. Wow. Three kids, college accounts funded, 40 grand emergency funds, 250 grand in retirement accounts. Our jobs are stable, but of course, that's still a concern. Ready for what they're going to do with their 10 grand? Wait for it. Bitcoin. I don't know if you ever recommend individual stocks, but looking for some advice or advice on buying stocks, we usually just let things be managed. We don't call our advisor, consider a big sum of money, but you know, we want to get your unbiased opinion. By the way, they've got managed accounts with Merrill Lynch. Okay, Becky, you ready for this? Do not buy Bitcoin. Mark would like to maybe one day give you an entire episode on his Bitcoin experience. Mark, I believe that you're still underwater on that Bitcoin, aren't you? 
he was up money, down money. You're pretty close now, aren't you? Okay. So a couple of years ago, Mark and I interviewed this guy about Bitcoin. Maybe it was three years ago. And we got really into the idea of it. We thought it was cool. He bought some Bitcoin and he made a bunch of money. Then it plummeted. Then he wrote it back up. And one day, like randomly, I'm like, sell your Bitcoin today. It's like at 13,000 or something. And he's like, no, I'm going to wait till it gets to blank, whatever dumb number he thought. And now, you know, he wrote it all the way down. So, you know, for essentially two and a half years, um, he's almost at break even, whereas over the last two and a half years, if he had just bought an index fund, he would be up money. So even with a big market sell-off, hmm, too bad for you, Mark, right? So I guess we're not going to recommend Bitcoin for you. I don't even think you should buy individual stocks. Here's what I think. I think my number one recommendation to you is let's look at those Merrill Lynch accounts and see what you're paying for management. Let's see how we can not only take $10,000 and do something smart with it, but maybe we can save you some money on your brokerage accounts. I'm not buying that everything's fine and dandy in there. I just would like to see it. So I invite you to send me a follow-up email telling me how you pay your advisor and what that advisor does for you. Those are the two things I want. As far as a 10 grand, hang on to it. If you really want to make a big investment, it is a big deal, and you want to take a real flyer, then uh, go ahead and buy an index fund. Go to Vanguard or Charles Schwab or Fidelity or T. Rowe Price. Then you can compare what it's like to have a simple investment in an index fund with your advisor's account. And maybe you'll find that, in fact, you could do better without your advisor. Maybe your advisor is great. I don't know. Okay, that's it for the show. Hey, big weekend ahead. I interviewed the editor in chief of LinkedIn, Dan Roth, and we're going to play that interview tomorrow and on Sunday. It's great. It is such an interesting way to think about the post, like, sort of like what lockdown job search looks like, what work looks like in this time, and what Dan sees as future lessons of this pandemic and how we work. So that's going to be this weekend. Stay tuned. If you've got a financial question or you have an employment question or a Bitcoin question, feel free to send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to us. You can do that anywhere you get this podcast. You could also pass along the podcast to whoever you think could benefit from it. That would be wonderful. Rate us, review us on Apple or wherever else you can do that. And remember, our music is composed by Joel Goodman and Mark Talercio. He's the guy I talk to. You guys don't think he really exists, but he does. He's the executive producer. We're distributed by Cadence 13. We want to thank you so much for listening. Wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your social distancing, lift somebody else up, do something nice for someone besides yourself. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.